Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Um, but we have a great service ahead of us this morning. And so, um, I don't know, many of you have probably had the opportunity to meet Pastor Ray Duck and his wife, Yvette. Um, many of you probably have not, though. And so we wanted to take a minute this morning and just do a little bio on Pastor Ray so you know uh, who's sharing with us this morning. Uh, pastor Ray is a retired Nazarene pastor. Uh, he and his wife, Yvette, recently moved to Matawan, and so we're really excited that they're here and they're a part of Cross Community Church. Pastor Ray served in the Army for 33 years before answering a call to ministry in 2003. He studied for ministry at Northwest Nazarene University and Nazarene Bible College and was ordained in 2013. He's pastored churches all across Michigan, including Grand Haven, Grand Ledge, Lansing, and Battle Creek most recently. I just had a chance to sit down with Pastor Ray just, just once. We got coffee, and it's just so easy quickly to hear his heart for people, his love for the Lord, and his passion for ministry. And so he considers himself retired, uh, but we know that that is uh, maybe a title only, and he's continuing to do the, what the Lord has called him to do. So we're excited to hear from him, and so I hope we'll lean into hearing him this morning as he shares with us. No one likes really their bio read, right? I mean, they're, you know... Talked to, to be talked about and all these things I've done. The one thing that that bio won't tell you is that I have the greatest partner in ministry, Yvette. Yvette. Um, and she spent 20 years in the Army. And she outranked me. Both at work and at home. I mean, at home we knew the deal there, right? But at work as well. But, you know, we, we've had a great time. And the other thing that bio won't tell you is that God called me to preach when I was 18 years old. And, and I ran for 30 plus years from that call. But what a gracious God we have. That we serve. Amen? I mean, he come back 33 years later and said, Ray, the call still stands. I said, Lord, you really want what's left? I'm 50-something years old here. Do you want this? He says, Ray, now you're ready to serve me. So it's never too late, is it? Amen? And... Uh, I don't like being called a retired Pastor Ray, but it's okay. God told me you can't retire ever. So I don't know. It's just a title, I think. You know, it, Amen? It's just a title. Those of you are out here, I see some of you look uh, seasoned. And you've possibly been retired. Or, I don't know. But uh, I don't know about you, though. When, you know, lately... 
like watching the news normally. I, I, I always looked forward to in the evening. I was going to watch the evening news, uh, you know, the, the, the local news, and maybe even the national and some of the world news. And I would look forward to it. But lately, and maybe you can relate to this, lately I have not been very impressed with the news. In fact, I've been depressed. I mean, depression. When I sit down now and turn it on, because I know that something is going to be wrong. I keep hearing about the, you know, you turn it on and there's a, there's a hurricane. And there's more hurricanes. And there's more tornadoes that come from the hurricane. And they run out of all the names they can call hurricanes. And they have to go to some other, I think, numbers or something. I don't know. But... The storms are worse than ever on the news. And there's also, have you picked up on some of the terminology that you've never probably heard before, like a heat dome, right? Have you heard about the heat dome? We're about to have it here shortly, next week, or this coming week. It's coming back. The heat dome. It's all in the 100 degrees. Temperature, high. How about a polar vortex? We had that not you know in, in this past winter. Atmospheric river, that's a good one. Have you heard about that one? And then the weather bomb. Everything is depressing. This weather bomb is scientifically referred to, I wrote it down here, an explosive cyclogenesis. What happened to the weather? It's going to rain or it's not going to rain. It's all so depressing. And there's crazy amounts of forest fires and wildfires going on. Amen? You, you, you hear about them all the time. Burning down forests and houses and changing lives of people. Devastating them. And gun violence. Oh. Tragic. Every evening something. Someone has been shot. Someone's been killed. I tell you, acts of violence to children. It depresses me. And I'm a pastor. Like we're immune, right? Church, it's heart-wrenching, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but I... Did, did I mention I'm worried about our country? I'm worried about this. I see this every evening. And on top of all this, there, are, there is division in the highest parts of our government. Now, there's always been some, right? We know that. But there's a lot now. It almost seems insurmountable. You can't get over it. And in our communities there's division. And in our families and even in our churches there's division. Again, did I mention this worries me? <laughs> this makes me anxious. At the same time it depresses me. Now I've been told by many people that I am an encourager. 
That's what I do. That's one of the gifts I have is to encourage others, to, to walk alongside them and say, it's going to be okay. You're going to be, you're going to be fine. So, so you may see me try to do that with you because it's one of my gifts. I encourage. But if I'm honest today, I'd have to admit that when I look at these things I've mentioned to you, I find myself asking Jesus, Oh Lord, how long must we wait? Amen? Today. Do you find yourself doing that? Lord, how much worse can it get? Now there's something inside me that says it could get worse. How much longer must this stinky, smelly world experience all this hurt this pain, this suffering. How long? Now I've been told, you know, when I, I think about this, I mean, all I can think to say is, help us, Lord. Help us today. Help us now. Maybe some of you have been, you know, this has been your cry. How long must we wait, Lord? Well, I want to invite you to open your Bibles today. We're going to talk about this. Open your Bibles to John chapter 11. Just go ahead and and turn there. I'm I'm going to be using the NIV for this message today. Uh, But I want to take you, as you're opening your Bibles to that place, I want to take your thoughts to that time frame of that passage. I, I want to put you in there. Jesus is... His ministry is just getting towards the end. It's going to be over. His earthly ministry, that is. Him actually being here physically. And if you read that, you know, when you start looking at the, at the passages on this, you start to see that Jesus is flexing His divine power more and more and more. Every, it seemed like every time you read something, he's flexing a little bit more. And this account that I'm going to read to you is only found in the Gospel of John. The only place. And most of you are going to know this very well. But I'm going to read this scripture today because I don't want to... I, there might be someone here that's not familiar with it. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to bear with me as, as I read this. I'm going to ask you to stand if you can. And if there's anyone that can't stand, it's okay. The Lord says it's, it's fine. But if you can stand, since I'm going to be reading from the Gospel, I'm going to read this. There's, a, there's, there's about four slides here of, of, of some words here. And I'm, I'm not going to dare try to look at that and read it from there. But that's too far for me. Uh, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now, we'll jump down to verse 17. 
On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Verse 30. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. In verse 35, John tells us, Jesus wept. You may be seated. You know, from what we can tell, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are believers. Amen? They are believers and even friends with Jesus, the Messiah. They love Jesus and realize that he is from God. They realize that. But now a crisis happens. Lazarus is dying. Because they are believers and they, re- you know, they reach out to Jesus, the healer. They know about Jesus. They know that Jesus will come and save their brother. They love Jesus. But Jesus waited two more days before he came. And then you add two days to that to get there, right? That's four days. You know, in my opinion, this is where we find ourselves in the story today. You and me. We're in here. This can be our story. We can relate. Many, if not all of us, have had crisis moments. Is there anyone here who's never had a crisis moment? If so, we need to write a book together. No, nobody. Okay. Many of us, if not all of us, have had these where Jesus did not come quickly. Can you relate? He didn't come quickly. Or at least quick enough. Maybe even today, in light of the condition of the world, 
and with just the things that are going on now in our country and maybe perhaps even in your own family. In light of that, maybe you're crying just like I am. Oh Lord, how long must I wait? Many years back, I can remember watching my precious little baby, Cindy, slowly slipping away from, the, from this earth because of a sickness that I didn't even know existed. I'd never heard it before, heard of it. I remember it was late at night. Now, we'd been taking her to the hospital because she'd been throwing up and, and had fever and just wouldn't eat and, and drink very well. 11 months old, 11 month old my Nini, my Cindy. So we had taken her a couple of times. They sent us back, and here it was midnight, and I heard her throwing up again, and I heard her crying out. I went to her bed, and I, I reached down, and of course she had gotten, I mean, there was stuff everywhere, you know, the, the, the water, I think she had some Kool-Aid or something, but I, I touched her head, and I, I the top of it, I, I just grabbed her there to try to console her, and, and, and I felt a bulge, that the soft spot on the top of her head was bulging, and I could feel her heart beating in it. And I knew then, I said, something is wrong here. She needs more than what we can give her. And so we took her to the doctor and we got there to the emergency room again. And I said, hey, her head, that soft spot is bulging. And they look at her, they run some more tests. And they come and told us. That night, it was after, it was well after midnight, that she had about a 50% chance of seeing tomorrow morning. I tell you, that was my baby girl. Nene, Cindy. I was having a crisis moment. Just to think about it, it, the numbness of it, I I didn't know what to think. But I did know to cry out, Jesus, please come quickly. Cindy is dying. She needs you now. Help her, Lord. I never will forget that night, just praying and praying and praying. I think it's in these kind of moments that we can understand Mary and Martha's plea. Amen? Some of you have been there. I know you have. Maybe everyone in this room for all I know. We all have made these kind of pleas. Jesus, come now. And I know that I have made many more pleas since that night. Many more. Perhaps even now, you're reliving your moment. When you said, Jesus, come. I need you. You're reliving that moment. I wish I could tell you that Jesus has always come at the very moment I cried out. But that is not my story. 
That is not my recollection at all. We see in this Bible account the same thing. Jesus didn't get there the moment that he was called. For most of us, this delay was, was built, would really be alarming, right? That kind of delay. I mean, when you call 911, right? And you hear the operator and you tell him your emergency. You don't want to hear that operator say, uh, someone will be dispatched to your location within the next two days, right? I mean, when you're having an emergency, none of us want that. We want them there now. We want to hear the siren right now coming, and we want to see the red lights on that thing. But church, we are being reminded in this passage today that Jesus has a plan. He's got a plan, and we need to trust Jesus' plan. No matter how we're praying, or how hard, we need to trust that He has a plan, and trust that plan. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust His response to your problems that you're having right now? Some of you may be at the end of your rope. I've been at the end of mine a few times. And you can't even wait one more day for Jesus to show up. That's just where you are right now. And if you are not there, you may know someone else that's very close to that right now. Some of you have unanswered prayers, don't you? Some of you do. Unanswered prayers that you're still waiting for Jesus to show up. I know I have some. Oh Lord, help me. And yet, praise God, there are some of you in this room that you can say, Hey, I trust Jesus to be right on time. But in His time. That's why you you add that on there. (laughs) He's going to be right on time. Because when Jesus shows up, that's the right time. Some of you saying that. I can trust that He has a plan for me in my life. And my family's life. My kids' life. I mean, when, when we start having children, that's when we learn to pray. Real hard. And, and I thought, well, we just got to get them grown. <laughs> right. When does that happen? Sorry for the younger folks in here that might be there. You'll see why in a moment. And yet, praise God that you're saying that, hey, God's there. Jesus comes on time. His time, but it's on time. I tell you, we've got to... It's Jesus' plan that matters. And I praise God just like some of you are this morning saying this, I trust that Jesus is going to come. Some of you know that Jesus is in control of all the situations in your life, and even though some of your prayers have not been answered yet, they will be. Amen? Man, come on now. Amens are okay. They're permitted. Church, Jesus... 
had a purpose and a plan for Lazarus and his family. He also has a purpose for you and me. Those he loves. We just need to let go. And let Jesus' plan work its way out. Mm, That's hard though. We need to stop watching the calendar. Stop looking at our watches after we've asked Jesus to do something. Lord, and get that foot going. When are you going to get here? We need to stop doing that. Stop telling Jesus what time it is. He's got a watch. Rolex at that probably. Stop telling Jesus what time it is when it comes to your problems and how they should. Have you ever had Jesus show up and you try to tell him how to fix it? Amen. Jesus already tried all that. I ask you, church, do you trust Jesus' plan? Let me move along here. Jesus said to his disciples in verse 4, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Church, if Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, I wrote down here, he can give life to a dead and broken relationship. Amen? Wow. You know what? If he can raise Lazarus from the dead, surely he can give life to a dead and broken marriage. He can resurrect A dead and broken marriage. He can walk with you and even carry you through uh, the incurable sickness of a loved one. How about that? And for that matter, he can open the door to a brand new job. Wow. No matter what it is, you can trust Jesus today. But realize, he works on his schedule, not yours. Not mine. I wished he would watch my, you know, look at it more closely. You know, as we follow the story here, we see that Jesus finally arrives near the village of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Jesus meets with Martha first, and uh, Martha seems to greet him with a little bit of reservation, doesn't she? <clears throat> right? I mean, it's there. Martha's that way. We already know that about her. Remember how she likes to be cooking and doing all that stuff while Jesus is there and Mary's doing something else. And then she's complaining. Well, anyway, Martha, I I think no doubt about this about Martha, she has been looking at her calendar. (laughs) And I could just hear her saying, you're four days late. Oh, Lord, how long must we wait? She is put out by his delay. Martha is struggling with putting her trust in Jesus' plan. Martha just wants Jesus now to fix what is broken. Sometimes we just want Jesus to fix it, don't we? Oh, Lord, just fix it. Make my kids want to go to church. Jesus, get them off of those bad drugs and alcohol. Jesus, fix it. 
Martha wants her dead brother and her grieving sister to be restored. Martha has no problem believing that Jesus was sent by God. She trusts in His, uh, his uh, miracles and His abilities. She's seen them. She's heard about them. The commentary writers point out Martha knew Jesus could do anything. But does she really know who Jesus is? Really? Does she know? In our moments of crisis, do we really know who Jesus is? Or is He just a fix-it person? Folks, we need to trust Jesus' plan, but we also need to trust His power. Jesus has power. You see, even the world believes that Jesus was sent by God. Even the world believes that Jesus performed miracles. But I ask you, church, do you trust in who He really is? We see in verse 24 when Jesus tells Martha that her brother will rise from the dead. She replies, I know He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's what she says. Martha, like many other Jews, believed in a future resurrection. Someday we'll be all resurrected, she thinks. That's what she's thinking about. But Jesus is challenging Martha to to, to have a deeper trust in His power and who He really is. Jesus then tells her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. She's talking about a resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asks Martha that question. Do you believe this? Church, Jesus is telling Martha and us, you and me today, That the resurrection she thought was a future hope is actually a present hope. Today, with Jesus. And I ask you, church, do you believe this? The commentaries inform us again. I I like going to my Beacon Bible commentaries as well as the New Beacon Bible. But we're told there that Jesus is saying that that the power that he is the power and the source of life and we know that everything was made through Jesus Christ when we see this he tells Martha i am the resurrection and the life and church that tells us something do you trust who Jesus really is today you know, moving on in the story, and I'm going, to, I'm going to wrap it up here. Martha leaves just outside the village and goes to tell her sister Mary that Jesus is looking for her. When Mary comes and finds Jesus, her initial reaction was not to complain about Jesus being late. That wasn't her, her, her reaction. Different than her words. What was her first reaction? We see that she fell at his feet. Before she said anything. She fell at His feet. Mary sees Jesus for who He is. And even in her grief of watching her brother die, she worships this Jesus. That's what she did first. It's the the actions that matter. Amen? 
But most importantly, notice Jesus' reaction. In verses 33 and 35, when Jesus saw her weeping and, and the Jews had, who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Jesus wept. Folks, even though we find ourselves in a broken world today, I mean, it's filled with a lot of worry and a lot of doubt. We can trust in Jesus' passion for us. He is passionate about you and me. Each and every one of us. He loves us. He hurts for us. Notice that something happens in this short exchange between Mary and Jesus. Something happens that helps us understand and trust Jesus' passion. We see it here. It's not the words they exchanged, but it's the deep emotions they shared with, with one another. I think this thing's coming off of here. You guys would probably play some bets how long I, whether it would fall off or not. But Jesus, when we look at this, the, the emotions they shared here, and as Mary fell to Jesus' feet in complete submission, the narrator, John, he explains here, he says that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. No doubt Mary's cry to her Lord is, O oh Lord, how long must I wait? I mean, she's human. And it's from that posture that Mary hears Jesus' groan. And he was moved deeply. Jesus experienced a deep grief that day. And he, basically he, he's looking at the impact. The impact of pain and suffering on those he loves. And he sees you and me today the same way. We can trust Jesus' passion for us. And for that matter even for this stinky, smelly world that we live in. And even as broken as it seems to be. So church, I ask, are you trusting in Jesus' passion even now in your walk as you wait? You know, by the way, Jesus went on that day and he raised Lazarus, their brother, from the dead. And he called out, Lazarus, come out! Now, fortunately, he just said Lazarus. You've heard that before. Because if he said, if he didn't limit it to Lazarus, everybody would have come out. But Jesus, you know, when we see this, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He can do that. He can raise me from my time of depression or doubt. One other thing. My daughter, Cindy... She recovered from that terrible disease some 44 years ago. She just turned 45 this year. And she's a great daughter. Well, all of my kids are great, but anyway. Uh, she's a great mom today. Two growing sons. One is what, a sophomore, junior in high school. She has a good career. She works in the medical field. She helps people. Jesus gave her back her physical life that day. And I have been so grateful since then. Amen. Wow. 
Though today, though those I, I share, I shed tears of thankfulness, but I also share, as a parent, you know this, you still shed tears. Because, let me say this, Cindy doesn't claim to believe in God at all. She never has. Or she's never claimed it that I remember. She actually told me she doesn't believe in Him. She said, Dad, that's for you, not me. But you know what? I'm trusting God. I'm trusting Jesus on this one. I'm trusting His schedule, not mine. That someday, someday, she will hear Him call out in a loud voice, Cindy, come out! And she'll come out. She'll come to Him. She'll, she'll follow Him. And she'll say, Lord, here I am. That's my hope. I want to invite you today. Oh, and by the way, every once in a while, and I know something's happening, because she'll call me. Something will really be going wrong at the house. She'll say, Dad, could you do that thing you do? So that's what I call prayer now sometimes, the thing I do. Well, can you do that thing you do and pray for... She won't even say pray. She says, this is the thing I do. But I love her. And I've got hope for her. I want to invite you today to respond to just Jesus. You know, no matter what you're facing, I mean, it doesn't matter. No matter how long you've been waiting, I think today you can show up. Jesus is going to show up. Amen? He's got a plan for you. And if you're facing something today, uh, this is just a, a, a chance to respond to that. That's all. I just want you to you can just respond in your heart and your thoughts. Or you can respond in prayer today as, we, as I begin to close here. I want you to believe and trust in His plan. Right? And His power and His passion for you. For whatever it is you're dealing with. And I tell you, for those online, and here, even in this place for that matter, Maybe, I mean, there's someone that might not know Jesus this morning sitting in this room. I'm not, I'm not assuming or presupposing that everybody in this room knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I never do that. Every time I do, the Holy Spirit slaps me upside the head. It says, why'd you do that? But I don't do that. So I would say, and I'm especially talking to the ones online, because, you know, this, this might be watched during the week or something. I want to encourage you. If you can say yes to this Jesus today. You can say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And I tell you, if you do that, I want you to find someone that's like-minded, that knows Jesus and tell them about it. You're saying yes to this Jesus today. And you want to know more about it. And if you're online, I know you can go to our website. I, I had a little sticky here. But uh, you can go on there on our website. And there's a button there. I think it says uh, plan a visit. Or something like that. And that will you can 
write a question. You also see our email address on there. And you can write a question to us here in, in Michigan. So whoever's watching, and you ask a question and we'll make sure you get the answer for this, knowing this Jesus better. Getting to know Him. Know Him as your personal Savior. It's a start. It's where we're at. Well, I want to uh, have a closing prayer for all of you. And, uh, and then a pastoral blessing. Let's, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your plan. Thank you for your power. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for your passion. Thank you that you love us, that you're so passionate for us, that you would even die for us. We are so thankful, Lord. I know there's some difficult things going on, even in this church here, in this body of Christ. I know there are, Lord. And I want to give those all to you. We want to give them to you now. And, and yes, we're, we, we, we might say, how long must we wait? But Lord, we know you've got that plan. And so I would give that, that person to you right now, Lord. And also those online that certainly any of them might be saying yes to you today for the first time. That they would reach out now and try to find out more about this Jesus. And I'd be careful, Lord, to give you all the praise, glory, and honor for this day and this moment. Amen. Well, here's your pastoral blessing for the day. I want you to go. I want you to leave this place. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, I want you to go today. You know, there's a song that we uh, sang uh, this past week at, uh, at the campgrounds. And it's one that I really, I'm not overly familiar with, but I know it's been around for three or four years now. Uh, Goodness of God is the title. And so some of you will know that song. Well, today I want you to go from this place, and I'm going, to, I'm going to use the chorus of that song to send you out. I want you to go from this place praising God and thanking Him, because you can say to Him, and here's the chorus, All my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I'm going to sing with the goodness of God. And as you go, trust in Jesus. Trust His plan for you. Trust His power to give you new life. And trust His passion to save you even now. Go. Thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.